kind of good, amen? You know what makes it so good is because it's so true. That's what the blessing is and all. Now, <clears throat> before we start this morning, I've got to dispel an ugly rumor. How many folks from up north? This is winter for us. <laughs> the season has changed. It'll change back tomorrow, but 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 I mean, I just want you to know. I hear I come I, I hear folks come uh, from the North Country. Oh boy, that means I'm singing a special, and that brings grief to people's hearts. But uh, they say, oh, Florida, they don't have they don't they don't have seasons. We have them daily. And uh, and so I just wanted you to be aware of that. I know some of you, you know, are wondering, well, <laughs> I want to go back home when it's winter. You had it last night. And so, uh, so I hope you enjoy it. I hope it was a blessing to you and all. Relish it because it's tomorrow, it's over. But we have a, we have, we got, we have a quick change when it comes to seasons. Now, <clears throat> you need your Bible. Turn to Revelation chapter 3. And... Uh, you have probably, I look around here, and I think probably most of you have been in school somewhere, and you remember the term pop quiz? Today is pop quiz day. And uh, so go ahead. If you got that outline, bring it out. You may notice there's a kind of a space. There's this kind of a, there's an area, there's kind of a little wide area before that last statement there. And uh, so there, I don't, this is not going to be up on PowerPoint. And, uh, but is, I want to kind of, Go back on a few areas. If you would, take your outline, write number one, right down below that area where that one last statement is made. There'll be enough room for six, six, one through six. And I want to do a real quick review. And I realize that probably this is not necessary because I'm a, I, I know you probably remember everything I said. And so, therefore, I'm just simply kind of a, but I, I just kind of want to help you a little bit with this, kind of encourage you about this and all. And let's see how much that you do remember now. Go ahead, write number one. Now, what was the first church that we talked about? Don't say it out loud, just write it down. The first church that we talked about, they're in Revelation uh, chapter 2. There were there seven churches that the Lord is dealing with. And one of the things I said to you a couple, few, two or three weeks ago was it's amazing as we see the Lord talking to these churches how much it parallels what's going on in this church and the churches around our country. It's amazing how the Word of God is so applicable, isn't it? It's amazing how the Word of God is so up-to-date. And we have a tendency to say, well, it's so archaic. It's not that very, not archaic at all. It's very much up-to-date. And what he did to these seven churches, he was giving them seven secrets to growth and change. He, he wanted them to understand that they need to grow, but in order to grow, there's going to be some change. And uh, the one way there can be some changes there to be evaluation. Don't you enjoy evaluating your life and seeing how things are? I don't think any of us like to do that. Now, we like to do it to others. We enjoy doing that, but we don't like it done to us so much. And so what the Lord is doing, and it's important to understand that as you're reading the book of Revelation, I personally believe probably chapter 2 and 3 are read more than any other part of the book of Revelation. Uh, I believe that people probably, if they're not familiar with the other chapters in the book of Revelation, they're very familiar with these, these two and three chapters here in Revelation. Now, the first church was Ephesus. How many got that? Ephesus. Okay, good. Now, write down, what was the problem with the Ephesus church that Jesus said? What was the problem? Write that down. Then I'll come back to that. What was the problem with the Ephesus church? <clears throat> you got that? It's actually, you, you, there's two ways you could answer this, but, but go ahead and write it down. Now, 
What was the problem with the Ephesus church class? They left their first love, and the word you want to write down there is busy. Busy. They were a busy church. They had a lot of activities going. They had a lot of times you could come to their services. They were involved everywhere. And there's nothing wrong with being busy. But what happened is this. They got so busy, they forgot who they were serving. They became religious. They were really good at what they were doing, say. And so they became busy. And the Bible says that you left your first love. And what he told them, here's here's the lesson he told them. Keep first things first. Keep me first. Put me first. That was the message that he gave to the church there in Ephesus. The second church, right number two, right down. Well, the second church, what was there? What was, well, go ahead and write it down for a moment. Second church. Now, if you want to use your Bibles in chapter two, you know, go ahead, Jessica. I know you want to use your Bible. You have your Bible, don't you? Okay. The B-I- yes, you do. We'll have a sword drill. That's a, you, ever had, you ever been to sword drills? Yeah, a lot of folks think we're talking about actual swords. And so, man, that's a really, ooh, that's a bad church over there. You know, they handle swords and snakes. And uh, not snakes, not spiders either. (laughs) Anyway, but the second church was what? Smyrna. And what was Smyrna's problem? They were a suffering church. They say, why is that a problem? You see, the difficulty is this. If you've ever gone through difficult times, and maybe you're going through some difficult times right now, the problem with difficult times is we have a tendency to focus on those difficult times and the problems that we're going through. And let me tell you something, guys. Hey, we all go through difficulty. I don't care how long you've been married, how your kids are. It doesn't really matter. We're all going through difficult times. It's very much a part of our life. It's called being a, let me see, oh, yeah, human being. That's the world we live in. You know, sometimes I get around folks and they're going through difficult times. They say, oh, I can't believe this is happening to me. I'm saying, why not? Why not? Doesn't the Bible say in this world you shall have tribulation? And then we have tribulation and we act like God's failing us or God's letting us down. No, God's letting us live. That's what's happening. And in this life that we so hold precious, which we should, there is going to be times of suffering. And what the, the lesson he gave this church was to look up and look ahead, there's a future. They were a suffering church, and they focused on that suffering. They said, look up, this is a lesson, and look ahead, there is a future. You know why that's the case? Because he holds the future. You say, you need to get a hold of that. This is, this is the lesson he was teaching. The third church, right, number three, and the third church, write that down. You probably need to get the spelling, so go, go to chapter two. Look it up. Let's write it down. One, two, the third church. Write that down. You got, Jessica, I'm so glad you're here today. But you both, you girls, are still coming down the altar after in the invitation. So, I mean, you're still going to get right with Jesus today is what I'm saying. The third church was what, guys? Pergamus Church. And their problem was, yeah, they were confused. That's the word you want to write down. The first church, busy. Second church, suffering. Third church, they were confused. And the reason they were confused is because of the relationships. And the problem with the relationships, the kinds they had, they led to heresy. You get around folks that have a problem with heresy, and they're with people that have problems with heresy. You need to be very careful. And this is what he talked about to this church here. He said you need to recognize who your relationships are. You need to be careful who you hang around with because whoever you hang around with is going to very likely determine what you consider truth is you see 
That's why it's very important to get around people that, that love God. Get around. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs, make sure your friends. Be careful who your friends are. I'm not saying you should be an isolationist. I'm not saying you shouldn't be outgoing and reaching out to people. But that's different than who your friends are. Your friends are going to make you what you are. And so he says, hey, you guys, you need to, you need to, you need to be careful about your relationships. Okay, the fourth church, number four, write this down, number four. And the name of this church is Thyatira. Uh, what was the problem with this church? This church, just write this word, tolerance. Tolerance. This church tolerated evil. This church was the PC of the Bible. They were a politically correct church. They, they tolerated, I mean, they got to a place that they, in fact, the Bible says about this church, and fire, that this church was the church where Satan's seat was. Kind of bad, don't you think? Where was Satan maybe taking up residency? I don't know if I want to be there or not. This is what this, the Bible says about this particular church. This church was a tolerant church. They tolerated evil. Let me tell you something right now. You cannot tolerate evil. There is no common ground to evil. Do I have an amen? I mean, hey, guys, come on. I realize, well, we don't want to offend anybody. Hey, the world, doesn't, the world doesn't care about offending us, and I don't care about offending them. Probably shouldn't have said that. I don't care. I get a little weary. You know, say, oh, I got to, you know, hey, come on, truth, truth, let's just declare it. I'm not going to try to, I don't have, I don't have to necessarily explain it, if you will. I just got to declare it. I don't have to defend the truth. I just have to say what it is. It's truth. I don't make it true. He makes it true. This church was a very tolerant church. They tolerated evil. He told them, you cannot tolerate evil. You cannot. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. A little problem will become a big problem. You know, I, heard, I hate for folks to say when they're dealing with areas, well, after all, preach, you understand. And when they say, after all, they're getting ready to compromise. After all means I'm giving in, you see. And he said to this church, don't do that. I realize it may be expedient. I, may, I realize it may be, may, I realize at the time you do it, it may make sense and seem comfortable. But it won't, it won't stay that way. And so he says you cannot tolerate sin. There's no common ground. And that was the problem. They were tolerating evil. The fifth church. The fifth church, number five. What was the fifth church? You got it written down yet? Sardis. Sardis. Write this down. Dead end. They had reached a place. Now, maybe you've come this morning, and that's where you are. You've reached a place in your life where you're at the dead end. You don't feel like you can go any further. I mean, you're get up and go as God up and went. Uh, you're weary and well-doing and all the other kind of cliches you want to throw out there. But the, the bottom line is that you are sick and tired of being sick and tired. You understand that? You may have come this morning. You are at the end. Let me tell you something. When you're at the end, we do some strange things at that particular junction of our life. And what he was trying to help this church with, 
Uh, they had reached a place where they, they were at the dead end. Uh, they, they just couldn't, they, they couldn't see. And you may be kind of that way this morning. You're looking at what's going on in your life, and maybe you're looking on what's going on in our country, and you're kind of, you have a very, it's amazing. We, we call ourselves Christians, and we say we, see, we serve the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and we see some problems going on in our country today, and we want to give up. Quit giving up and start giving in. Let our faith grow. Faith is what God's given us to deal with the things we're faced with today. And what he tells this church, here's, this, here's the, the lesson he gives them. Don't give up. Wake up to my love, to my truth. Wake up. Sometimes I want to get around the Christians. They wake up. They walk around like they're zombies. Like, oh, they, and this so bothers me. We are not here as victims. But we sure do act like it. Oh, what's this? What's going to happen? You know, I happen to know. God is happening. You know, I, you know me well enough. You know, hey, hey, I'm involved, and I, hey, I am registered, and I will be voting. No question about it. I'm involved with our country, but my country, my Christianity, is not actually the same thing, class. We act like it is sometimes, but it really isn't the same thing. It is different. Sometimes folks try to put it together, but you got to be real careful about that. So he says to this church, don't, don't give up. Wake up to my love. And the last thing we talked about was the, was the write down number six, was the Philadelphia, the Philadelphia church. And write the word weak, weak. Ephesus was busy, Smyrna was suffering, Pergamos was confused, Thyatira was tolerant, Sardis was a dead end, and Philadelphia was weak. They were a weak church. And you would think, well, then that means they're not an effective church because they're a weak church. Wasn't true, was it? When I'm weak, then I'm strong. Little as much God's in. You know what the Lord's looking for today? He's looking for weak believers. Weak. And what do you mean by that, Reverend? That don't sound quite right to me. Weak in your ability and strong in his ability. Amen? That's what we need today. We need to get decreased and let him increase, you see. All right. That's the introduction. Let's get in the Bible now. You got it? Chapter 3, look at verse 14. There we go. And unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, and the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I, will thou, I, I, I would that thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. What he's saying here, class, is that some of our lives makes God sick. I don't know about you. I don't want to be that. Do y'all? I don't want to have a life that makes God sick. Well, this thing of being lukewarm, not cold, not hot, lukewarm makes God sick. Here's what he says about it. Verse 17, because thou sayest, I am rich. This is their attitude or opinion about themselves. And increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art Here's what he says, you're wretched, and you're miserable, and you're poor, and you're blind, and you're naked. Or, further south, you're naked. 
sorry about that. <laughs> Colorado, Dave, I don't know what they call it down there. But anyway, but uh, see, here's what's going, going on here. This church was very much impressed with itself. Uh, they, they, they were a church that probably was seemingly a very successful numerically, financially, influence-wise, probably seemed pretty successful, and they started probably feeling pretty good about what they were doing. But the problem was this, and here's what the problem in this church, if you were going to write down, they don't see what you would write for this church, they were complacent. This sounds like today. Of all the churches we've dealt with up to this time, this is more like where I believe we are as a, as a ministry are, as I go around the country and see different churches, this is pretty much what I see. We're pretty, we're pretty excited about who we are and what we can do and our abilities and our gifts and our talents. He says, you know, guys, you, you're saying this, but let me see. What you, you're looking at from your point of view. Now, let me show you through my point of view what you're doing. Verse 18. He says, I counsel thee to buy of me. That, that's where the source. He's the source. Gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich with white remnant, dealing with suffering, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the, uh, the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thy, uh, thy eyes with eye, eye savior, eye salver, which is clear vision, that they may, may see it. as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, be zealous therefore and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come to him, and he will sup with him, and he with me, and to him that overcome will I grant to sit with me uh, in my throne, even as I am overcome and set down with my Father in heaven. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. You see, what's going on here is that God is trying his best to get the attention of this particular ministry. They had become complacent. And I know it's easy for us to kind of judge these folks, but maybe you've come this morning, and you know what? You're kind of bored, aren't you? When it comes to church, when it comes to Bible study, when it comes to singing, you're not, maybe, you're, you're kind of be careful, but you're kind of like looking around and wonder if anyone else is getting it, you know. Well, you're, you're wondering, you know, you're, you know, you know, what, you know, are they, is, is anyone else really into this and this church thing, this Bible study thing, this God thing, and, you know, you've come this morning and you, you know, it, it, it surprises you. That you're feeling the way that you're feeling. And you're almost asking yourself the question, what is, what's wrong with me? I hear the preacher talk about being excited about God. And, and I'm excited when he speaks short. When he can get done. Get me out of here. And you're wondering, what's the deal? Why? I mean, I realize we don't are not really public about this, and we don't, we're not as transparent probably as we should be, but you've walked in this morning, and you're, you know, this has been something that's there. You know, you you struggle to get here to church, and you're, you struggle to read your Bible, and you, you struggle, and you, you, when it comes to singing and junk like that, you know, all that kind of stuff we do, and you're thinking, wow, what's wrong with me? Why, why, do, I, why do I feel that way? Well, I believe that as we, like none of the other churches, we see that he's dealing with an area here, a message, I believe, that will impact our lives. And you may be asking yourself, why am I so attached to this world? Why am I so attached to this world? Oh, why is it that I'm so, it's, it means so much to me, it, it, it's so much a part of my life. What is wrong with me? Why, why, do, I, why do I sense that? 
And what Jesus is saying here over the next two or three weeks as we will be spending time in this portion of Scripture, what he's saying here, I want you to see your need like, like never before because if you see your need like never before, maybe I can help you like never before. You, you may have come to services and, and you're here this morning and you have some needs in your life and I'm so glad to be able to tell you this morning that my God, and this is what he's going to talk about here, he supplies, he takes care of those needs. It's possible today, maybe next week, week after, that you can walk out of here different than you walked in here. You can walk out of here, your life changed like never before because you came. And not because of what I'm going to say, but because of what Jesus is going to say. I don't know about you, but I, I need a lesson like this. I find myself, I'm so captivated with, with what's going on in this world. I'm so inundated with busyness and complacency and things. And I, I sometimes ask myself the question, how can I be on fire for God? How can I come to a place in my life where I feel like my prayers get higher than the ceiling? How can I come to a place in my life when, when I can be as close to God as God wants me to be and I want to be? How can I start feeling the freshness of God in my life again? How long has it been since you've had that happen in your life? When you sense the freshness of God, when you sense the power of God in your life, when you simply didn't go through the motions and played the game that we're so good at. We're not cold. We're not hot. We're lukewarm. And God says, you know, that makes me sick. You know what, class? It ought to make us sick. We ought to be sick of that stuff. We should not tolerate it in other people's lives, and we should not tolerate it in our lives. Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at, in these verses, how that we can sense the freshness and the power of God. And the thing that this morning, that I'm just going to look at verse 14. There's three things this morning I want to glean out of this uh, one particular scripture. Because I, I really believe this, before you can really see the truth about yourself, we've got to see the truth about God. You know, if we don't have God's truth to measure our, our lives by, you know what we do now, some of y'all don't do this, but you know what we do? If we don't have God's truth to measure our life by, then we have to measure our life by each other. As I look at the crowd today, I'm doing pretty good. But then I look at others out there, and I'm not doing so well. Because you see, here's the reality. Without the truth, without Jesus to show us the truth, everything that we would judge by is faulty because it's human. But we, we'll do it that way if we don't have his truth. And so just for a moment this morning, I want to share with you three things that he says about himself. And of course, I, no one knows him like he knows himself. You know what? No one knows you like you know yourself. And he says some things this morning that, that he does for a purpose. He, he shares these things for a purpose. Uh, he wants us to see some areas here. Uh, he wants us to understand that he can meet these needs in our life. Three of them real quick. Here we go. Verse 14. He says, And unto the angel of the church of, Dr of Little Seans write, These things saith the amen. The amen. 
First thing he says, he says, he says, he says I am the amen. Amen, amen means so be it. Have you, have you noticed how folks end their prayers, how they end them? Amen. He is the amen. He is. He is the, the yes, if you will. I think it's important to understand that, and it reminds us of the fact that because we end our prayers with Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen, that Jesus is worthy of some things. And the, and the first thing he's worthy of, Jesus is worthy of my time. Jesus is worthy of my time. If history is his story, and it is, isn't it? History is his story, and if everything is going, when it comes to the end, it's coming to him, everything is happening, eventually this is where it's going to end. If everything is heading in that direction, then we need, he is worthy, and we need to give him our time. This morning, it's crazy to me when I, I hear people call themselves Christians and all that kind of stuff, and they don't have time to read their Bibles. They don't have time to witness. They don't have time to go to church. They don't have time to serve the Lord. I'm saying something's wrong with your thinking because he is the history. He is the end. And I think it's important this morning that, that one of the things he says about himself is, I am the amen. I am the, the so be it, if you will. I, I am the end of all things. And so, therefore, that being the case, we need, to, we need to give him. We need to make time in our life for him. I believe that people are as close to God as they want to be. You know what I mean? And if you don't feel close to God... Guess who moved? God didn't go anywhere, guys. You're as close to God. And you know as much about God as you want to. And you're involved with, much about, with as much as God as you want to be involved. You, 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 you know, you have the choice, and you make the choice to do these different things. And I'm saying this morning, he's the amen. He is the so be it. He is the, he is the where everything's going. It's going in that direction. So he needs, and he's worthy of our time. He goes on there in verse 14. He says, I'm the amen, the faithful and true witness. Not only is he worthy of our time, he's worthy of our trust. He is faithful. He is true. Have you had this happen to you? I have talked to people before that were not faithful. They were not faithful. I have had folks to, to kind of help me and give me direction in my life that, that were not faithful didn't know what they were talking about. Their, their directions weren't true. Their directions were based on what they wanted. And I want to say this morning that you can always count on Jesus Christ. He loves you. And some of you are hard to love. I know I'm hard to love. Stop right there. And But I'm grateful that God loves me. He understands me. Man. Isn't it kind of cool there's no mixed motives with Jesus? There's no angles. He's not trying to work you. He's trying to help you. And he's worthy. He's the amen. He's worthy of my time. He's faithful and true. He's worthy of my trust. The Bible goes on. He says this. The beginning of the creation of God. And he is the ruler. He's the source. That's <laughs> good, isn't it? He's the source of God's creation. He is worthy of my worship. 
He made everything. He made you. He made me. He understands me. He understands you. He's able to do for us what no other person can do. Uh, he, he, we need to recognize that he's got things. And he's going to say some pretty tough things to us next week. Some pretty tough stuff. He's going to say some things to us. And, you know, I think a purpose, people that really love us are going to be, be honest with us. And he's going to be honest with us and forthright with us. But he, he's the ruler. He's the ruler. And he is worthy of our worship. He's the amen. He's worthy of my time. He is faithful and true. He's worthy of my trust. He's the ruler. He's worthy of my worship. That's who Jesus is. But the question this morning is who is Jesus to you? Is he just a religious figure? Historical figure? A good person? No, the Bible says that he is the I am. He's the faithful. He's the ruler. He's Lord of all. And this is not your outline, but he has three things. He has three messages for you this morning. Number one, he says, come unto me. Oh, these are weak, heavy laden. Uh, where, where can I go to get some, make some sense of my life? Where can I go to make some sense of what's going on in this world? He says, come unto me, all you that are weak and heavy laden. You walked into this morning and you feel very weak and, and the burdens of this life are crushing you and you're trying to figure out what to do and you're trying to work it out and you're doing the best you can, but the best you can is never going to be good enough. So what do you do? You come to him. You may have come in this morning, you're not really sure about eternity. If you die right now, you don't know where you'd go to eternity. I could hope you go to heaven, but you're not sure about that. Uh, well, you know, they said, well, can you be sure? Well, the Bible says you can. He says in 1 John 5, 13, these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. You can know, not based on what you have, can do, but what he has done. So if you're not sure about that this morning, you need to let us come and share the word of God with you and, and, and take the word of God and show you how to place your faith in the book, the word of God. So the first message to you is come. The second message is to cast. Cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. I'm so thankful this morning that I can cast. Uh, Pastor Hardy just walked in here because he didn't go to church much. But uh, he just walked in. We meet every day. We talk every day. He said, well, what do you all do? I cast stuff on him. It's a gift I have. And I said, you know, it's like when people, when people hear me say this, we will help you. That means Dale will help you. <laughs> it's, 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 it's French, you know. And uh, no, I, no, not, 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 it's Greek. I feel better. More biblical that way. That's New Testament. Hebrews, we go to Old Testament, I guess. But, 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 but you know, I'm so thankful that when I come to God, he didn't, you know, what, you know what God doesn't say? You can cast that, that, but not that. You know what he tells me? Enough's enough. Now, I know I've said that to people. You'd be amazed. Folks come to you and say, oh, preacher, we all do this, we all do that. I said, no, no, you ought to do that. <laughs> you know, I got all I can. How about you doing that? I I'm glad I don't go to Jesus. Jesus, I can't handle this. You know what Jesus says? Cast it on me. Don't you like that? I'm so glad there's not a, 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 a kind of a quota. <laughs> Jesus won't take this much. Doesn't say that, does it? Cast all your care upon me because I care for you. That's what he's telling us. So, what about who this Jesus is? Man. He's the amen. He's the faithful and true. 
He's the ruler. He's worthy of my time. He's worthy of my trust. He's worthy of my worship. Why don't this is who we're going to talk about next week. This is the person that's going to be speaking to us next week. This is the one that we've invited to our church next week to speak to us. This is the credentials, the bio, if you will. This is the one that's going to talk to us. What he's got to say, I'm going to tell you right now, some of you are not going to like it. So are you going to uninvite him? No, not going to do that. I said, say whatever you want to say. Because we need to hear from you. We hunger to hear from Jesus. But you're not going to hear it. You're not going to listen if you haven't come. If you haven't cast. And the Bible says now is the accepted time. Now. Some of you can say, you know, preach boy, pretty cool, you know, I'm going to do that. I'll do that next week. Nah, you've said it every week. You know, now's the time. So God has spoken to you this morning. I challenge you. He's worthy, isn't he? He's worthy. Let's, let's, let's give him our worship, our time, our trust. Let's, let's get ourselves ready for the message he has for us next week. Let's prepare ourselves. Not necessarily going to like everything he's going to say. But I need it. I need it. I need for him to speak to me. Because he's the only one that makes sense. And he, there's no one that loves me more. So this morning, you need to prepare yourself. You need to get yourself ready. Jesus is going to speak to you. Let's stand, please, if you would. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed as we're contemplating what he's already said in his book. He already told us about it.